Don't soil this program by putting crap on it. Joe Buck, I cannot, I cannot take him. I just, mm-mm, no, no dice. I'm glad Carlos Loser finally took the kiwi off his face. It should be on your shoes, not your face. It's kiwi, it's shoe polish for God's sake. LeBron should come clean about his age. I wish, baby Jesus, that I had alcohol in this container. Because I need some after watching Screaming A. Smith. Baby Just Jesus? Really? Six pounds, seven ounces. Go tell five of your friends and eight of your enemies that Chris Bates will be in the air. And now here's a man who will put a dip to your hip and he will do a groove that'll show make you move. Ladies and gentlemen, the mighty Chris Bates. Oh, well, thank you, Don Cornelius. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, I didn't recognize it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I know, right? Yeah, I, I know Soul Train when I hear it, any type of form. Uh, thank you for the introduction. Uh, much love, of course, to Snowman and Rain Man, as I call him. Uh, much love, of course, to Cole Johnson, a.k.a. the Mad Scientist, and, of course, to Wise All. Happy New Year, brothers. And how you Happy doing? New Year, brother. Happy New Year to you, man. Uh, yes, the bronze god is in the building. The bronze uh, god. The bronze god. <laughs> I had to sit back and have to hug myself sometimes. So, um, first and foremost, when you hear news that is good, it makes you feel good. Yeah. So, uh, Damar, continue prayers and thoughts. It doesn't get any better when he wakes up because his last moment back on the field on Monday to ask the question, did we win? The very first thought. Right. And mm-hmm. for the doctor to respond, yes, mm-hmm. Lamar, you won. <laughs> it doesn't right. get any better than that. Won the game of life. I'm like, mm. exactly. That's, that's how life is. And as cold as, as the world can be, when I watch what happened past Monday to the week, we seen warmth from the world. Mm-hmm. When human beings stop, having labels and titles and just be themselves. We are a great people. And the thoughts and prayers towards DeMar and his family were definitely felt. And so when you get news like that, because I don't know about you, but I think the rest of us obviously were on bated breath. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what the outcome would be. Um, you never prepare for bad news. But when it's good news, it's another time to live. You have another time to keep moving forward. And that is the main thing. Yeah. I 100% agree with you, man. Uh, yeah, for me, uh, I, I I could actually tell you my sports, my sports brain froze from about, I'd say, Monday. And we live in the central time zone uh, base. Mm-hmm. Monday at about 9 p.m. our time to about, I'd say, mm, maybe Thursday, maybe Thursday morning. I mean, uh, and and the reason why that was the first that was the first I caught wind of uh, Demar waking up, uh, his family seeing him awake, and him communicating to the medical staff if the Bills won. So I was like, okay, so it looks like he has started his road to recovery yeah. on the right foot, and it, it makes me happy to hear that. And uh, yeah, for the, for the three days in between. Man, sports-wise, my brain is on pause. I was like, man, I'm all about DeMar Hamlin. That is all that I'm about. And I want to see success happen in his recovery. That was it. 
It's amazing how people react. And, you know, you know, he had a GoFundMe page, you know, for his charities. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it was it went from like something to four point seven million and then beyond mm-hmm. after that. It's a damn shame that that had to happen <clears throat> to <throat> increase the number because of what he went through. But there are no mistakes in life to a degree. So things happen for a reason. And so when we see this unfold, I'm just happy and I'm very um, as an onlooker and a fan, uh, just a fan of life for him to still be with us is more than all of us should really. I mean, it's, it's, it's a blessing. What, what more can you say? It, you know what it is, um, base. Cause I mean, I know me and you look at life differently because of the circumstances that we we're both widowers. So we know right. how life is so yeah. precious. Right. So we definitely look at life as we live in the moment. We, we cherish every moment we have because we know how precious it is to us because of the ones we've lost. Right. So when a situation like when you see a situation like this and you get that second opportunity, even if he doesn't play football again, just the fact that he has that second chance at life, you have to live it completely now. You have to live it to the fullest. Like you have to really enjoy life. Yes. Well, you do. You have a different perspective. Everything changes. Mm-hmm. everything changes. And when you wake up something like that, you're a different person to a degree because it, it, you, you, you might not have woke up anytime that could have been in the direction that we have no control over. But the fact that you opened up your eyes and spoke and got a chance to be among the living again, it's beyond cool. So once again, continue recovery, brother, no matter what your circumstances are playing football or not, you're still here. You have more work to do. Yeah. <clears throat> Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now, I'm sorry. You want to say something? Uh, 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 all I was going to say was uh, I totally agree with that sentiment. And I was actually going to say, I was actually going to kick it right back to you and say, all right, so what else is on your mind, sir? Thank you for that. Now, I segue into the man I'm about to go after. And everybody's got their shots. So I'm going to get mine. Skip Bayless, <laughs> it's time for you to go. We, I roll out the red I'm, carpet. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, base. Because we we've actually the new episode of Poppy Jane jo- and, and and Wise, we don't even mention his name. Oh, he yeah. refused to mention his name because he's been a Poppy calls him a pirate. He's a pirate. He's, he takes advantage of the culture. He takes advantage of the fact that he has a platform that he has, and and I'm sick and tired of him being okay. It's so like. He- I'm not cool. I'm not cool so he, with so, the shit he does. So Poppy basically, uh, uh, Jay actually calls uh, uh, Chris Bailey, I mean, Skip Bailey, it's a culture vulture. Yeah, we call him dripless. <laughs> all of it is true. We call him dripless. Yeah, dripless. All, all of it is true. And the reason why I want to invoke his name, because I want people to realize I what agree. they are dealing with. So I'll go on and say his name. Um, I've been aware of Skip Bayless for years because, as I told you guys before, I lived in Chicago. He was a uh, sports writer for the Chicago Tribune. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would read his column that I stopped uh, because I realized what he was you know, typing there you know, was complete nonsense. And then when he got the television to ESPN and spewed this nonsense then. And so, again, if I had to say, this is way before Stephen A. Smith got into where he is right now. Mm-hmm. I will watch 
uh, I think it was called Cold Pizza at one point. That's mm-hmm. right. That's what it was first called. Right. And then it evolved into First Take. Mm-hmm. And so Skid would be across the panel or on the same panel for us with other people. And it seemed as though nobody would give it back to him until Stephen A got there. Now, mm-hmm. that's a Stephen A that I liked at yeah. the time mm-hmm. because he would give it right back to him and more. Mm-hmm. Now, having said all that, we've seen what happened in time because had the uh, broadcasting gods had their way, you would have had Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless over at Fox Sports 1. Right. That was supposed to be the deal, but they threw the money at Stephen and they got split, and these things happened. Mm-hmm. So you get Shannon Sharp. Now, Now to be completely transparent, mm-hmm. Shannon was over at ESPN. He was a hot mess. I, 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 he, is, he has leaped and bounced, got way better. But he's still a lukewarm mess, though. Yeah, but but still, if you compare the ESPN days to where he is now, Fox Sports One, it literally is night and day. You're right. As, you're right. So yeah, as a is. broadcaster, when you see things like that, I got to give credit when credit is due. I don't. I'm not a revisionist history person, so I give you credit. And at the same time, you owe this man your career because he brought you over to Fox Sports you. One. Mm-hmm. And I would give him grief. I'm like, why you keep on kissing his ass? But again, going back to this thing about having him come over with him to Fox Sports One, not having said all that. Skip is one of those people, like some journalists in sports, who have failed tremendously about being an athlete. Failed tremendously. And so to salvage their ego, they become sports writers. Not all, but some. Mm -hmm. And then they have the platform to spew what they can never be. And that is as a sick behavior pattern, but it happens. Good at to spew. Yeah, exactly. So you can live vicariously to someone and not even give the basic respect going back to the dynamic between him and Shannon Sharp. As we saw a few weeks ago in December, the whole tight end quarterback thing with Tom Brady. And this was, it was a silly he discussion. Hands. He would have caught hands. Oh, yes. He, he, caught almost, hands. he almost caught hands with Shannon hands. on, no, on he, air. He would have caught when, hands. When, when a person's octave gets really high. Mm. When they're when they're upset, when you go from like it's like my like my voice. If I got really well, if if I did that, I'd probably start breaking chandeliers and stuff like that. But when your voice gets high like that, you are about to break bones. It's not only hands wise; it's hands, it's elbows, it's feet, it's knees, it's all types of body parts to destroy this man. Now, to disrespect Shannon Sharp, Sharp the way he yeah. did, he did. And then to disrespect DeMar, who is fighting for his life. We had no idea what happened after the hit. And you want to put football first. And then want to backwalk it. And then on Tuesday, as we know, Shannon Sharp did. Hey, I ain't showing up for work. I got the flu. Yeah. I got the Skip Bayless flu. I can't, I can't be around. <laughs> I'm on. I'm the one catcher. So I'll take a day off. So Skip is in there by himself. The weak yes apology. That wasn't even real that Skip did. He's trying to fake these crocodile tears. All of a sudden, it's about DeMar. You can't fake that, dude. I have more respect for you. He just said, I meant what I said, and I meant it. And that's the funny thing. Yeah, go ahead. So when when Shannon was on the next day. Wednesday, yes. Yeah, and he was explaining, you know, why his absence was and, and his stance on Skip's tweets. That's exactly the stance that Skip took. Basically, I'm not taking it down because I, I, I said what I said and I, I stand on what I said. Right. But like you said, 24 hours ago or 24 hours beforehand, 
the tone was totally different and opposite. Yes, it was. It was. And so for the fact that Skip goes on Tuesday and gives this sad, bad acting of being compassionate for DeMar was sick. It was sick about it is that you faked it. I don't believe not one word he said that was genuine about DeMar. My grandson, Emery, who was one year old now, one year old, mm-hmm. has a habit now. When he gets uh, upset, he'll stomp his left foot and pull down his pants. <laughs> I would take yeah. that performance over anybody in the world. I would it seems, like, it seems like bracing. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he, you know, he gets upset. You know, if his mother and father says, so we don't like mm, stomp his left foot. I've seen it on video come out. You know, my family's not in, in Phoenix, Arizona, mm, and then takes his pants off. Now, thank God he keep his diaper on. I don't want to be like a one year old exhibitionist. So that's, that's great. Keep your, keep your diaper on doc. We want to see no, uh, Frank and beans at this point. So just keep your diaper on and you're great. I would take that performance over Skip Bayless or anybody else that's faking the fuck any day of the week. Any day of the week. So if I was consulting Shannon Sharp, I would say, you know what, bro? Maybe it's time for you to move on. Maybe it's time for you to break away, get out of the contract, look at some other options. You want to do your own show or maybe get another partner. As a consultant to him, I would say it's time to leave. I um, I believe it is that time. And, and, and personally... When he got into that tete with uh with Skip, and you actually witnessed on air this guy actually disrespecting your legacy and career by basically one being told from some it didn't matter who it was, it could have been it could have been you base, it could have been wise, it could have been Brian, it could have been me. If any of one of us were to have said to a pro football hall of famer. You're simply jealous because you're seeing a guy who's playing at 45, but you retired at 35. And then go onward to ask a question to a guy who actually has done this for over a decade. So who do you think watches more film, the coaches on the staff or Tom Brady? And I'm thinking to myself, I have never been in an NFL locker room, but I've been in a, in, in, uh, I've been in a football locker room, and I can tell you. The answer to that is easily the coaches because one man can't watch more film than the myriad of coaches on a coaching staff. But Mr. Bayless decided to rail against that. And then when <laughs> when Shannon says, look, I have three Super Bowls and I'm in the effing Hall of Fame into that, all, all Mr. Bayless had to say was, who cares? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, dude. Shannon, you're seeing the you're seeing the disrespect right in front of you. You should exit stage left and put all of your money in the club Shay Shay because you're doing that on on YouTube, and you might as well just try to see if that platform works because you're not long for this partnership that you have had with Skip Bass. And I get that he's somewhat loyal to him, but still, you're not long for it. Right? He got these hands. You, you you're not long for it. Yeah, he got these hands. I'm, I'm oh. sorry, but like oh. you ain't gonna disrespect me. No, talking about that this man's better, dude. But I'm better than you, right? Uh, Any day uh, of the week. Oh, and and Victor Shannon's won three. He's yeah. won three. Mm-hmm. Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Skip Bayless has won zero. The only thing Skip Bayless has is a toilet bowl. Toilet. Yeah. Come on, man. I, and and again, 
as you said before about the blatant disrespect, mm-hmm. and I, like I said before, I, I've seen the episodes of Club Shay Shay. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of the name. That's a whole different conversation. Oh, I'm not but, a fan of the name either. But, <laughs> but he does have interesting guests. He does have any mainstream guests feel but as all of and the pl- and, and the platform's nice. I like the platform. Right. I just don't like the name with I'm 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 one hundred with you. Yeah, I'm not I don't like the, I'm not cool. It sounds like a stripper club. Well, yes. I wouldn't go to club uh, stripper club name. Uh I would go to probably okay. uh a stripper club, you know, that I don't know, stripper princess or something like that, or or club <laughs> glitter or something like that, or you know. I would, but I wouldn't go to a club Shay Shay. That's just me. The Shay Shay thing kind of throws me off because it's a, it's a man. But we, that's a whole different conversation. Right, 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 right. 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 <laughs> that's all I'm saying. I, you know, it's, it's just it's just not kosher for me. That's all. Uh, yeah. But I've seen his work when he's interviewing the people. As all of us being on this panel, being host, interviewing people, you know, is a skill set, mm-hmm. and either you you know learn into it or you get better as you go along and things of that nature. He really makes his guests feel comfortable. They're very open and very comfortable. And yes. that goes a long way. You can't teach that. So right. if he's able to take Club Shay Shay, I can't believe I'm saying it again, uh, Club <laughs> S2, and then take it somewhere else where he's able to get a bigger platform, then I think that, again, people appreciate, again, his skill set as an interviewer. Because it, it's like when you when you get to the ability of having a guest on your show and people who are listening, it's like they're eavesdropping on a conversation. That's when you know you got it. Yes, that's when you know that you uh, created the art of conversation. So yeah, I, I think I think it's time for them to really just and get yeah. out of there. And it's funny you actually say that. That's that's my goal when I'm an interviewer. I want it to be when you're actually watching the interview that you're actually participating in the conversation. You're basically the fly in the wall, and you're hearing two people conversing. You're hearing two people having a dialogue and an exchange. Right. And and you're right. If you are an interviewer and you get and you make the viewer feel that way, then yes, you have done something. In fact, for me, I thought the best the, the best interview he ever did was the one with uh, with Deion Sanders because that's exactly what I felt. Yeah. I felt like I was listening to a conversation between two longtime, of course they are two longtime friends, but it right. felt like I was looking at a conversation between two longtime friends and not an interview. And and I agree with you. I mean, you're a master interviewer base and so are you, Wise. And uh, oh, thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. Thank you. And that is a skill and 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 sometimes it's innate and sometimes it has to be learned and sometimes it's a combination of both and i I personally think that uh shannon does have have a future in that and yeah i would be for the name to change but yes no i think he could do that he's a talented man no one has ever doubted oh yeah listen he 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 works on his craft you can tell he he works on his craft Mm-hmm. You can tell that he takes what he's doing serious. That you get these athletes that they're just in it for the bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shannon takes what he does serious. Yeah. He goes and prepared. He he does what he has to do. And club and club Shay Shay. Is mm. He does have some good guests. And and he does he, have good guests. And he's yeah. improving on his skills on, on interviewing these people and like and I enjoy watching it because it's just too, like when he does have other athletes or other celebrities on, it's like they're just two friends having a good conversation and, mm-hmm. and they break, break it down and, and he'll ask questions that you usually won't well, get yeah. from a regular interview. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it's cool. And if you if he wants to go out that, that route, I would fully agree with it because it is time for him to separate from 
Mr. Mr. Stripless because um mm-hmm. it, it, it this dude just needs to be canceled. He just really needs to be out. He get get like he he now he's he's really wearing nights and drip chains and and has little Wayne doing his his intro music know, right? and all this. Trying to get street cred. Oh, he's yeah. been that. He's been doing that. So yeah, it, yeah. So that's why Poppy calls him a pirate, and because he just wants to be a part of the culture so bad, and and just stealing our styles. Well, yeah, I don't mean to be of the age discrimination. The man is seventy-one years old, right? <laughs> so you need to be retired and uh, put on your depends and uh, go take a crap in the corner and have some rice pudding. And just go on and retire and take your teeth out your mouth. Go on and retire, man. It's, you've made your money. You've made your bag. And, and that's that. And the thing about it is some people in any walk of life sometimes don't know when to exit stage left, like uh, the Matt Sinus has said, or leave the stage. Some people stay too long. And Bayless has stayed too long. But it's not entirely his fault because the networks who hire him don't give him to you know, rep, they don't reprimand him. They'll take him off for a week with no pay. They let him say these things. You're going exactly where I wanted to go. Yeah. That, I mean, so if you had the freedom to sit there and knock African-American athletes and or any athlete in general and just have your way and no one's going to slap you on the hand, you got free reign. I mean, you, that's why your ego's so big anyway, because the network backs you up. And that's why he got originally got into it <clears throat> with Jalen Rose was because Oh, Jalen Rose kept getting a, was taking to offense the names of certain players. Yeah, that, right. That Bayless wanted to give these dudes nicknames. Yeah, and, yeah. And and Jalen called them out on it. Jalen, like, yo, like, who are you to be calling these players nicknames? Because he he yeah he got to the point where he was like, so a guy who who was a junior in high school averaged over a point a game. Point, so you one point four. Yeah, right. So, one point four. That's yeah. right. So I guess a person of your skill set has the ability to critique and 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 run down the people that you run down. I was like, wow. <laughs> Jalen came as if he was trash talking on the court. I'm like, man. <laughs> you know, and then you know, you go through social media because again, I'm going through all this uh skip Baylor's episodes where you know what it was mostly ESPN. So that became right. pop started to recycle, like I said before the Jalen Rose interview and others. Mm-hmm. And so uh in that timeline. And it was on YouTube, and uh, Jason Whitlock popped up, and I deleted his ass immediately. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to hear nothing Jason Whitlock had to say, period. Now, that's another person who has to go back to hell, really. When I was teaching talk radio at Illinois Media School, and it's, it's mostly sports-oriented because they have, they have a sports internet station there at the, uh, at the place, at the school, and a lot of guys and gals, mostly guys, want to be uh, sports anchors or sports hosts or whatever. And so, of course, Screaming A. Smith is at the top. And I told them, I said, okay, Screaming A. Smith is out there, but he's not the only style. So look at other people's styles before you try to mimic this one. Because a lot of us, again, the broadcasting, we start off sounding like the people we admire probably in the first three years and we find our own voice. No question. So for me, it was a guy named Ty Wansley. This is the guy that got me into radio. The guy that I heard on the radio as a 19-year-old in college. I got a chance to meet him, became my my guru, my liege, my my mentor and everything else. So by the time I hit the microphone, I find myself st- starting to sound like him because I loved him and admired him so much. But probably like a year or two, year three, 
you hit your own stride and you start sounding like yourself. So having said all that, uh, going back to someone like Skip, who continues to destroy the culture by saying what he says and has no remorse for it, uh, the network backs him up. The thing about it is karma is real. Karma is real. Now, we don't know what's happening in his own life. He's probably catching all types of holy hell. But the fact remains is you reap what you sow. So as a broadcaster, you know, you take responsibility for what you say. You're responsible for what you say. Going back to uh, uh, Whitlock, I told my students, this is what you should not become. And I would play, you know, we had a, a, a you know, TV in our class, and I would show excerpts of this asshole. I'm like, this is the person you don't want to be. And again, I mentioned on the show and other, other pro- programs before, mm-hmm. what did it with me when he used to be on Fox Sports 1 and he was on, again, sitting next to a former NFL player, Lamar Arrington. Yeah, LeVar and Lamar. Arrington. And Lamar was making the point, and this bozo says to him, you don't know what you're talking about. With a straight face. Yeah, With I've a straight, fat-ass face. Yeah. You got to be kidding me. Like, you said about catching hands? No, man, that's time you get a figure for a leg lock. I got I to put your ass to sleep. <laughs> you're, going, you're going down, man. Because... It'll, it'll, for you, you can easily take a fat person out. They got fat around their neck. So if you was to, yes, I'm condoning putting somebody to sleep. So you take your arm <laughs> and you get up in there like that, and you because you, know, you you choke the rolls of fat. Don't choke the neck because they ain't got no neck. They got three. It's like no offense, God rest her soul, Esther Roll from uh, Good Times. Esther Rolls looked like she swallowed a stock of pancakes. She had three rolls. A fat on her neck that stayed there. God bless her soul. The only thing she was missing was butter and then Aunt Jemima syrup. So it looked like she swallowed three stacks of pancakes. So if you find someone that got the three stacks of pancakes looking in their neck, you grab, if you want to get into, if you're all about to, you know, throw hands or tussle or anything else, you take it by the pancake neck and keep squeezing it and you go to sleep. You go to sleep. Night, night. So he goes. He goes from insulting Jason Whitlock to wanting to choke out <laughs> Skip Bayless yeah. to crapping over Florida Evans. Oh, Lord have mercy. God love her. <laughs> I mean, I mean, again, you just, that, that's right. Yes. Nick. That's right. Damn, damn, damn. Yeah, the three dams that went down in television history. Yes, I but the, yes, if you get a hold of that three roll uh, pancake neck, yeah, that's like just lights out. <laughs> oh my gosh, just lights out. A <laughs> man said, "What? Ain't nothing you can do about it." What can I do with you, <laughs> Not Lord much. Man? Oh my god, oh, I condone choking, Lord. Okay, <laughs> but if you must. If you must, yeah, make sure you remember that. Remember from your good old Uncle Bass, if you go choke out a fat person, make sure you got the three or four roll uh, neck and you you just you start to squeeze and it's lights out. Oh, my gosh. Lord. Yeah, it, it, it has happened. I mean, I like good now, times. I mean, no offense, but you know, it, it used to get on my nerve as a kid. 
because you know, and, and even uh, Esther Rose said herself on a side note that the J.J. Walker character was becoming like a buffoon. She was documented in she like was- a 1974 issue of uh, Ebony back in the day in real mm-hmm. time while she was doing the show. So when you see these things unfold, I mean, as before, I told you I worked with Jimmy Walker once, and you can't tell me God does not like to laugh at me because that's what happened when I worked with Jimmy Walker one time. I tried to produce this uh, talk show. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with uh, the late Esther Rolls opinion of J.J. Uh, Evans. Yes. Yeah, that it, it was becoming more and more buffoon, and it did become more and more buffoonish as the well, season went on, as he became more the focal point of the show. And of course, that was the reason right. as to why. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. We know Jimmy I'm Walker made- on the actor's name. Uh, Who was that? Uh, on the show or what? Yeah, yeah. James Evans. I can't think of his first name. Amos is last name. I can't think of his first name. Oh, John, John Amos. John, thank you. John. Yeah, that was the reason why John Amos left the show. Oh yeah. Yeah. Be- yeah. Yeah, and and, uh, and he he left it because like the he said the show in the beginning was about the family, and now it's about you want to have this one character get get all the shine and and it's not it wasn't the it wasn't that he was a glory hog talking about talking about jimmy walker it wasn't that like he was yeah. a glory hog it right. was just more the focus of the writing seemed to be more toward well we gotta write stuff more for this character and and focus less on the family and john was seeing that the teeth of the characters were getting taken from them from the writing staff and he's like mm, yeah i got to go well, you know yeah. what's amazing about Jimmy Walker was that Jimmy Walker, I mean, I think he became a victim of his own fame because he the did. catchphrase, I think, overread if he was funny. I mean, I never, I mean, I saw him stand up before. It didn't really do anything for me. But um, when he was back yeah. at the uh, the comedy club in L.A., he had three writers. Now, mm-hmm. now, now, help me out with this. He had three writers that he hired. Mm-hmm. David Letterman, mm-hmm. Jay Leno, and Byron Allen. Three pretty decently funny people. Yeah. Look what happened to all three of those guys. Yeah. All of them rich. <laughs> what, the, what the hell happened to Jimmy Walker? I have no idea. Byron, See, Byron, Byron Allen is um, uh, um, a trying mogul. to buy. He's yeah, a media mogul right now. Yeah. Byron's a media mogul trying to buy a team. So, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, then you have Leno and, and Lellerman who ruled late night for a couple of decades themselves. Go. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know because I never found Jimmy Walker hilarious. I never found Me him hilarious. Neither. I never found him funny. I never found him entertaining. And I mean, I even mean J.J. Evans. I did never find. I didn't find entertaining. When I used to watch Letterman and Jimmy Walker would appear, the first question I would say is why? <laughs> why? Why? Why do you have this? Why do you have him on the show? But then I realized when I did the research that he hired him. So that's like giving a nod to your old boss. Your old boss going to come around, you know, get some shine. Jimmy Walker, uh, you know, appearing at the uh, Bloody Bucket in New Jersey, October 5th through the 7th, something like that. So he gave him a plug, and that was the reason why he was there to promote his uh, appearances. And so I get all that. Now that I realize that he hired him as a as a writer for his um, routines and stuff, okay, now it, it makes sense. But back in the day, I didn't know. It was like he was a star of – you know, good times. Uh, please welcome to the show, Jimmy Walker. I'm like, what? Is, is he still alive? Hmm. 
And, and oh. they walk in there, you know, and do the whole. I mean, I, so, but now I know the backstory. Now it all makes sense. Oh yeah, he's, he, yeah, he's still alive because uh, you see him, you see him on uh, Fox News doing uh, doing uh, Medicare commercials. <laughs> so you he's still what? alive. I, yeah, I've seen I've seen those god awful ones. He does, and um, it, it gets worse. I think he's done three versions of it already. So mm-hmm. it's like him and William Shatner. Don't mm-hmm. do these uh these Medicaid commercials. Yeah. And so when he gets the dynamite, um, my ears bleed. And I, and I and I hate that part. And though it's like, and I was like, dynamite. I'm like, no, 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 please, Negro. No, 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 no. Come on, man. And I had to turn the channel, man, because I can't take it. And when I thought I would not love you more, base, I love you even more now with your take on Jim Jimmy Walker, because it is exactly how I feel. It's like I see him on the screen. I'm like, okay, just get the dynamite part out of your mouth so I can just go on or just get off the screen. Either way, on, just I put leave. on mute. I start putting on mute. Yeah. Let him do his thing, and then I'll just put off of mute when the commercial's over with. But that that hurts. Mm-hmm. That, that that really, and I don't mean Jalen either. I mean that hurts. <laughs> but yeah, oh lord, yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, it didn't make any sense. I didn't. I, I even as a kid, mm-hmm. not knowing the whole dynamic, in turn, I knew something was wrong. So on television, how come there's always us being extremely rich like the Jeffersons, extremely poor, poor like poor. Good Times? Mm-hmm. There was never a middle ground, as far as I can see. And by the time the Cosby Show came along on, on NBC, mm-hmm. that looked like my family because my family uh, was no middle uh, class, and mm-hmm. uh, we had interacted with our grandparents and other relatives and like that so that looked more like my life and a little more like mine too yeah yeah exactly that that was real so i, I give them credit for that but i mean and again going back to uh jefferson's it just got to a point where it became i wouldn't say buffoonery but i got tired of george screaming at wheezy or the whole florence thing and again you can tell which season was which when you see Sherman's Hemsley goes hair goes back further. So you know in season one. So one time I was channel server, I think it was on BET or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or Inspire and Jefferson on. I said, Oh man, that's season four. Because <laughs> you know, his hairline was getting back. So well, each season, you saw that. His hairline go back, season one, season two, season three, season four. Yeah. Well, yeah, that there was two indications. One was Sherman Hemsley's hairline and two the Lionels. That's just like the Darren's and Bewitch. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of like, it was kind of funky. If you like, you know, old television back in the day with yeah. Bewitch and you know Elizabeth Montgomery and everything, and the two Darren's, mm-hmm. the two look. I did not like the second Lionel. I didn't either. I didn't. I like Mike Evans. I like the Afro. I I like that that's the brother. That's the brother I like. But the second one, it was like. Okay, so Mike Evans, of course, was the original Lionel right. from the TV show and it spun off from All in the Family and then, of course, the Jeffersons. Mm-hmm. And then he left and kind of got the second Lionel and then came back and then he was like, I'll replace you from replacing me. He comes back, like, again. So <laughs> I'm like, which Lionel are you going to keep? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that. <laughs> and, 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 and the funny thing is, when Good Times was on air, mm-hmm. I was I was living in the hood, and I and I still was like that isn't my, that isn't my family, right? You know, I, even then I was like, no, that's that's not that's not how we get down. 
And that's not how many of the families I know around me get down. Well, that's why you, you, you mean back in the day when you had those white writers mm-hmm. writing about trying to write about black life, which was again the arguments between mm-hmm. Esther Rowe and John Amos, who were accomplished stage actors, right? Who knew their craft and when they were mm-hmm. challenged the writing team. And there you go. I mean, they hated John Amos so much, we'll kill him. Mm-hmm. Make sure you don't come back, you know, not even as a ghost. Nope. Yeah. And of course, now we were too young. At by the time they actually wrote the John John Amos off, basically, because it really yeah. wasn't they wrote James Evans, they wrote John Amos off. Correct. Uh, but when when you know when we became adults, that's when I started to say, "Man, that was kind of foul. That was kind of dirty." <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. How the writing staff did John Amos? I was like, "Dog gone, really?" But but to tell the complete story. When the character Florida was on Maud mm-hmm. as a maid, right. she was really middle class because John Amos right. played. A, I've got the he had a, he had a different name. They were married, right? And he was a firefighter, right? On Maud, so mm-hmm. why do you take that trajectory story and then go from there? But no, you mm-hmm. uproot them from the suburbs of New York and put them in Cabrini Green in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I mean, how does that work? I mean, through the magic of writing. I mean, good night, man. <sighs> no, but I, so I guess they thought that all black people in the seventies were poor, dirt poor. I guess. Well, look again, stereotypical stuff. I mean, it's easy. I'm not a writer, but if I had that type of content and just perpetuate the stereotype, and people watch, I mean, I've done my job, man. I can still, you know, pay off my mortgage. I can still, you know, still live in the cul-de-sac. I can still pay off my mistress. So everything is groovy, and everything is groovy. Everything's, you know, peaceful. Oh Lord, have mercy! Baby. Everything's gravy, baby. Hey, yeah, I write, yeah, I write this show, cast that check, go to Studio Fifty Four, snort that coke. Oh, I mean, dance on oh, the yeah. dance floor. Yeah, we go, we good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go, knock yourself out. Oh Lord, yeah. But real quick, let me talk about sitcoms. Go ahead. So a lot of these sitcoms were British sitcoms and brought over of course to America to Americanize it. So all in the family, mm-hmm. um, three's company, right. Uh, even uh Sanford and son was Steptoe and son back that over the season correct. And, right. in Britain. So all these, uh, these imports have become Americanized and went on to have great hits going back mm-hmm. to Norman Lear. Mm-hmm. So one of my favorite uh, shows coming up until they keep making these changes was three's company mm-hmm. who would not like, I mean, you're, 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 uh, you're me being a kid, watching television, trying to find all types of sex on TV. This is obviously pre-internet. So anything sexy, I'm trying to watch. So you got a guy with two girls. I'm, I'm there. And I couldn't stand Janet. I think Janet was jealous of Jack and kept uh, C-blocking him trying to get with Chrissy. <laughs> Probably so. No, it didn't make any sense. I'm like, look, you can get it too. and and, just cooperate and the funny part is that era seemed to engender that type of setup yeah yeah you know it seemed you know they they seem to have that freedom where it's like it don't matter it it, it seemed to be that back then but i i guess they wanted to make it all wholesome well you try we know you just have the whole um, thing going on that um, the sexual innuendos and it just it just worked. 
Mm-hmm. And as the kid watching it, now I was never into older women, but I, I right. would give some to Mrs. Roper because she was hot. Because <laughs> she always wanted to get with Stanley, but Stanley was like, no, nah, I don't want him. Like, dude, she's offering it to you. She's giving it to you. You got easy access. You see that sundress she always wore? She was probably booty butt naked underneath. <laughs> but booty hole naked underneath that sundress, and that could have been it. That could have been it. Easy access. Easy access, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so just lift and stick. Good man. Lost and turn out. Lost and turned out. Oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> there you know, that's right. a good musical reference. Yeah, that is a good musical reference. Shout out yeah. to the whispers. Ah, exactly. uh, man, I could continue to talk all day with you, man. But, uh, Oh, unfortunately, we have to wrap this up. So where can the good people find you? Well, first of all, again, Happy New Year to the brothers and everybody in the comment uh, room. Uh, please enjoy the new year. You're going to make it better than what you had last year. To find me, uh, your best best go to Facebook.com and type in Chris Bass. That's C-H-R-I-S-B, as in broadcasting, A-S-E. And again, I hate to say it, it's now like 10,000 Chris Bases. It's not my fault. It ain't my fault. So when you see my likeness uh, in the picture, you know, we could be friends and they could be friends and we can do this every weekend. And then to find out where my programs are and always remember to tell five of your friends and eight of your enemies that Chris Bates will be in the air. It ain't my fault. Get on to that. Oh, sorry, my bad. Uh, <laughs> as always, man, it is an absolute honor and pleasure, man, to just Thank brought you. the mic with you. And uh, if you want to have more of this, yes, definitely tune into the the uh, his Facebook uh, page, baseline at four uh, four p.m. Central, five p.m. Eastern, and Chris Space interviews every Wednesday at the same time. And uh, yeah, if you want to know, if you want to learn a master class in interviewing, watch both oh. of those shows. This man makes the guests feel as though they're important as an interviewer is supposed to do it. Yep. And uh, yeah, I, I am in awe of what this guy does. Oh, well, thank you so much. And let me give you uh, your, your, I'm telling you, your, your, uh, your flowers and what you do. The opening for my uh, Chris Bay Salt Bastard holiday party was tremendous. Mm-hmm. A lot of people came in and I swear to God, people that were on the show had reached out to me about man, that was fantastic. Who I said, well, the mad scientist Cole Johnson, that was the one who created the opening. And if everything goes right, I might get some connects for you. So look out for that. All but right. it was a very great opening, and thank you so much for doing that. Oh man, my, my pleasure. And uh, yeah, definitely, we'll be in touch on uh, how we can make that uh, lucrative for all parties. My sound, my sounds good. Sounds great. Yeah. Sounds great. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. All right, uh, brother. All right, man. The bronze god, the transporter of hookah whores. Uh, I'm sorry. It, no, it, it's, 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 the, it's the redeemer of... I'm sorry. The redeemer of hookah whores there you and go. the transporter to Hades. The yes. one, the only, the incomparable, the mighty Chris Bass. <sighs> Join us as always, man. Thank you again, bro. Thank you. Don't <laughs> soil this program by putting crap on it. Joe Buck, I cannot, I cannot take him. I just, mm-mm, no, no dice. I'm glad Carlos Loser finally took the kiwi off his face. It should be on your shoes, not your face. It's kiwi shoe polish, for God's sake. LeBron should come clean about his age. I wish, baby Jesus. 
that I had alcohol in this container because I need some after watching Scream and Smith. Baby yeah. Jesus, really? Six pounds, seven ounces. Go tell five of your friends and eight of your enemies that Chris Bates will be in the air. 